What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Call open question of the week. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> this feels good. Rank these three things. The return pop. The debut pop and the return from injury pop. Which oh. one is the best? <laughs> Wait, debut meaning like like an established star debuting in a new company? Es- established? Es- no, brand new debut. I'm talking about vignettes for weeks. They okay. debut. A return like from, an, from one company to the next and a return from injury pop. Rank those three in the best. From best to worst, we return from one injury company to the next. We did not just re- oh yeah, return from injury. Okay, so like a so like a jump. So new 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 person like debut pop and then Brand jumping ship pop, new company pop. Yes, and then and then uh, and and then return from injury. Oh man, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The right answer is the biggest pop. I mean, if the biggest pop should be the the going to a new company pop, it and then. Be. And then return to injury, return from injury, and then debut. Debuts at the bottom, you know, whatever. <laughs> v- vignettes can do a lot, but not that. I mean, you know, it's not not always that much. Yes, unless you're. Vera. However, <laughs> I mean, there is a, there is a magic, and there is a historical record that supports the return from injury pop as the biggest deal, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't, you know. If you look at the greatest Royal Rumble pops of all time, we can talk about how awesome AJ Styles was coming over. Who were some other? I mean, there, there are other examples of people come uh, making their first appearance for WWE in, in the Rumble. But John Cena at MSG mm. coming back from that injury mm. was on another planet. Oh, right? yeah. Especially when it's a surprise, especially when it's out of nowhere. Um, I mean, WWE is basically going to tell us. You know Cody Rhodes's GPS coordinates every Monday night from now until he gets back. It's I don't think it's going to be a super shock, but the pop is going to be nuts. And it, and if you watch AEW last night, that Adam Cole pop was I mean it's hard to imagine even a big WWE star, you know, a Mercedes Monet, if you will, uh, having that AEW kind star? of reaction. No, I'm saying a big <laughs> WWE star jumping over. I'm going to have to... Oh, God. I think... 
I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to say return from injury is number one. I don't know. Hey, there's not many things I love more in, in pro wrestling than we could sprinkle in a little bit of real life. And no matter if you come back as a heel, baby face, and we're just like, we're just happy to have you back. I think of Triple H returning at the Garden. I think of John Cena returning at the Garden. I think of Adam Cole last night. Like for those first 30 seconds, nobody cares if you're a heel or face. What are you doing? We're just happy to see you. And I love those type of return pops. So shout out Adam Cole, man. That was awesome. Yeah, we're going to talk AEW. We're going to talk obviously a lot of, of WWE on camera and mostly behind the scenes room, uh, news. Let's uh, let's start the show. Did something happen this week? What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the and you're listening, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, bud? Doing good, Shoes. How about yourself, man? Good. We're recording early today, so our our stalwart producer, Ryan Waters, is sitting in for Kerm. Um, Kerm's got some stuff cooking for us, though. When we Next week, we're going to do something fun, um, yeah. and it's all Kerm's doing. Yeah. So anyway, we t- uh, we're going to talk Vince McMahon's return to WWE. I hope that wait, you were talking the, the cold open question, which, by the way, great work by you. That was about Adam Cole, right? That was yes. not that was yes. not foreshadowing Vince McMahon's eventual return <laughs> to the ring does not count as a return from injury. No, I don't think I don't think it does. I don't think his return uh, would be ranked in uh, favorite wrestling moments. Wow. What a surreal day, huh? Like. I was I spent I spent most of my day at WWE headquarters. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, like that's the funniest thing. Like you're reporting. I I was I was there recording uh, some stuff for This Is Awesome and uh, the Ultimate Show, which is going to come on uh, before the Royal Rumble and the pre-show. And uh, you know, I, I know a good amount of people there, and didn't seem like anything was amiss when I was li- when I was in the building. Were you there yesterday? Or you were there the day before. When no, everything- I was I, I was literally like as soon as I got dropped off uh, from my house, uh, the Stephanie McMahon tweet went out. Oh, so yeah. like I was there all day, you know. And uh, oh boy, to to say that energy in the in the building shifted pretty quickly would be a massive understatement. I'll say that much. Oh my God! So you were in the studio. You were in the studio space, right? I was in the studio space. Yeah, uh, recording some uh, some some new stuff supposed to drop on Peacock in the next few weeks. Well, I guess it's dropping on Peacock, depending on who owns the company. But we, you know, we can talk about the WWE and AEW wrestling rumors. Uh, I got it. We have a lot to talk about for Dynamite last night. Um, so, pardon the riffing. We can talk about rumors and innuendo and all the stuff that we're hearing. Uh, but everybody can do that. It doesn't matter how tuned in you are. I do think it's, you know, we can talk about the geography of the WWE offices, which is actually something that people might be interested in. But there is the WWE office that you see when you, like, Google WWE, right? When they, like, yes. show with the flag hanging up, uh, flying up at the top. Yes. The one that they fought in at the, during the first... Uh, yes, from uh, the Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Yes. Um, but even that building's changed now. And they're they all got- moving. They're moving to, like, downtown 
uh, uh, Stanford soon. I mean, right. it's going to happen over the span of this year, apparently now. But 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 up until then, I mean, as we speak, there is a totally separate space down the road that's like basically just storage units that they've converted into all the production space, mm-hmm. and that's where all the uh, network shows get filmed, and and that's and where the all bump, like, up up down down. Yeah, all and there's stuff, a huge, yeah. uh, just a ton of staff. Well, there's a ton of cubicles. Uh, yeah, there's you know some back and forth on work from home these days, I guess, but. Um, all and the wrestling that. ring, and the wrestling ring in there. Apparently, yeah, there's a wrestling <laughs> ring in there. There's a yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know it's so so it's it's fear it's weird when you're there, and I haven't spent nearly as much time there as you because you walk in and you're just like there's a front desk with the big WWE logo behind it, and like mm-hmm. you know there's the whole thing, and you and and in some ways it feels more like an office, a, a, a modern office than the WWE office, which feels sort of like a. I don't know, like a small hotel or something. But it, you, it feels wait. like a, a mini WWE museum, like yeah. the actual main office. There's, yeah, there's you don't more, know. Yeah, that's the place you go and tour if somebody mm-hmm. brings you over there. The studio space is just really studio space. Yeah, I mean, you go and you go. As I was going to say, you go to the front desk, you see the big logo, and then you walk in and there's these desks. But you, you're so you're in a very much an office space, but you know that you're totally separate from the the beating heart of wwe right you, <laughs> right you're, you're not that far away geographically you feel really far away but also you know for a lot of people that's the whole that's everything you know but you know but but you don't have the feeling you're going to run into you know uh giant gonzalez at the water fountain <laughs> like the espn commercials or whatever yeah, anyway yeah. so that's cool uh it's it's uh it, it, it was a really wild day uh, uh it continues to be a really wild time we did a podcast with brian and some of the rest of the crew Cal and, and, and Ben Cruz yesterday that just to figure out where we were. We are going to talk about that stuff. But first, since it's Thursday, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. Now, I feel like we have a pretty good record for praising AEW uh, as of late. There was a run where it was all backstage drama. So I feel totally justified in what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. Where the fuck was Mercedes <laughs> Monet? Like, what? What? What Yo, ha- I'm not. No, see, this is this is how we end up on Reddit threads, Dave. This is exactly how it happens. All right, trying to be nice, uh, man. There's not many times that uh, something is so heavily teased and it doesn't happen in AEW. I feel like they always kind of make good on the, those type of things, but mm-hmm. boy. It was giving Rey Mysterio Royal Rumble vibes where it's just like, yo, you're booing the acclaimed because yeah. there's no Mercedes. Like, whoa. It whoa. takes it, it it takes a lot of work. Well, yes, it's it takes a lot of work to have fans that listen, there was a lot of reporting that she was gonna be there, right? Oh yeah. Uh that proved to be wrong. Now, card is subject to change. Maybe there were discussions. Maybe it fell through at the last minute. Maybe she's still going to be there. And it would, I was thinking about this late, late, late last night. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't, it would kind of be like an AEW Tony Khan thing that, that follows the track record a little bit. If she is under contract right now and she's going to debut down the road, but like they decided to like, let the string the tease out or something, you know, like that it's all, this is all in the, in the realm of possibility, but it would have been a. It's a bad idea to string the tease out. But Dave Meltzer, who seemingly who like halfway fairly confidently reported that she wasn't going to be there some time ago, was basically won over to the notion that she was going to be there because of the, de- the the degree to which AEW was teasing it. Yeah, I right? think it was Britt be- Baker called because like, Brit- mentioning because the Brit- boss. Britt Baker, yeah, saying the boss because that whole lead up to you know Soraya picking Tony Storm as her partner just seemed like such a false flag. Woo. Um, assuming she's not going to be there, 
Well, here's a question for you. And this is a this is a glass half full interpretation of events. If you own this company and you know that she's not going to be there, you know that teasing it, you have to logically know that it's going to get a reaction, a negative reaction. But is it worth it to let people think she might be there to get eyes on a show and then give them how many, how many like elite matches did we get? And I'm, I, I keep saying elite, and I, uh, but, <laughs> but the elite match was absolutely incredible. Hangman uh, Mox is great. Hangman Mox was great and had a great finish. Mm-hmm. And Danielson Takshita was just one of the coolest TV matches I've seen in a long time. I mean, and they were all just sprinting. Like the yeah. whole show just felt like, like it was like a pay-per-view crammed into half the time, right? Or in the case of AEW pay-per-views, one quarter of the time. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, it was. I mean, is it is there any argument? But if it was a deliberate misdirection, that it was worth it to get eyes on the show? Um, I guess so, because it is Los Angeles and you don't do that market as often. So you want to be able to get as many eyes on the product regardless, right? Like, you know, they're doing the press tours, doing the the, the hockey games, the basketball games. So if you're getting into the Kia Forum and you have all these big matches scheduled and a big return scheduled, yeah, you want as many people watching as possible. You want as many people watching every single week. However, you might fall into the trap of, um, you know, putting yourself in a position where some people who don't deserve it end up being disappointing the fans, which is what happened last night. Um, and again, this is sort of the catch-22 of being a very in tune with the internet fan base sort of company, which AEW is, right? Like, everything that happens backstage is so... It it, it usually plays out on TV, right? So some small, like, CM Punk being uh, added back into some of the signature programming and the montages. Now you look on Twitter, and the top trending topic is nobody on the current AEW roster. It's CM Punk, because for the first time... He's there, and they know their audience is so tuned into everything that is talked about, rumored about, uh, written about, about the company on the internet that, you know, there's an opportunity there. However, the Meltzer reporting, just certain things that I've uh, thought about and known about uh, the situation with uh, Mercedes, um, I don't know if you do a false flag to not be in Los Angeles. Right. Like it, unless you're going to be in her hometown real soon or you're going to be in another major market. Like, I just don't see why, if you have her under contract, you don't debut her at a place that will get the most buzz, period. So if you're, you know, you might be you might be doing too much at that point. You might be overthinking it if you already have her under contract and like, you know what? Too many people are on to us. Too many people are reporting it. It's not going to be that big of a surprise. Let's wait till next week. Let's wait until the pay-per-view. Let's wait until whatever you know um so who knows i said this a few weeks ago anybody pretending to know what mercedes last sasha's plans are for the next few weeks or months is really just guessing right like they're really just putting context clues together and the the most i've known about mercedes slash sasha is that japan and mexico have been the dream that's always been it you know, um, somebody su- somebody suggested that even if she had a deal with AEW, that maybe 
you know, New Japan insisted on having the first real match or right. something, and and that I mean, but it's still that I don't think that really affects the conversation, right? I mean, it's still like what what happened. I mean, who knows? I mean, according to Meltzer, I mean, like apparently there was if. So I, I didn't. I, we took it with a grain of salt at first because he was saying things along the lines of, uh, you know, they weren't sure if it made sense to sign Mercedes for a short-term deal, you know, which is apparently what you wanted. But you know, folks that follow his reporting think that he's on the inside with AEW, so maybe that was a false flag. But if there's truth to that rumor that like she only wanted a short-term deal or didn't want to sign something long-term because she eventually either only wanted to do Japan and Mexico or eventually wanted to return to WWE, then maybe that sort of checks out, right? Or, you know, or, or like kind of like I said in, a, in the beginning of this whole sort of, you know, uh, the beginning of this whole ordeal with, with Sasha Banks slash Mercedes, that the Cody Rhodes model of returning and being a big fucking deal is kind of out there now and how well it's worked. And how it really hasn't been done by a woman yet, you know? So, I mean, there's still that possibility that, you know, she wants to just go and be like the, the queen of all of the other promotions. And there was a side deal that said, hey, you can go and do whatever you want, but you just can't go to this company and we'll bring you back at WrestleMania or we bring you back at some other big com- um, promotion. Uh, but I, who knows? Who knows? I think yesterday it just put out more questions than answers at this point. And uh, when it comes to what Mercedes is doing, the fact that no Mercedes was trending worldwide on Twitter afterwards, I mean, I don't know if it's worth it. The PR department, the the social media department of Mercedes-Benz is just like, what in the living hell is happening right there? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's weird, man. I, I feel for the fans that were really looking forward to seeing her that night. And I'm not sure if, unless you have something bigger planned down the road, if you got her on the contract, you debut her in Los Angeles. Like that, this just didn't make much sense to me. But who knows? Who I knows? have another. I, I wanted to, to to change the subject, but I'm going to ask another really, uh, um, you know, unnecessarily pointed question about AEW because it's. But this is also about, you know, a lot of hype and and you know comparing it to the to the payoff. Yeah. Danielson had. An insane match last night. <laughs> Next week, he's going to be wrestling Bandito. Yeah. So I love the fact that this is like, he's got to win his next seven matches if he wants to get the, the title match, the pay-per-view or whatever. Great gimmick. Love it. And I like the fact that they're making the matches actually like things we want to see because we logically know they won't be competitive in the sense that someone else is going to win. Right. Okay. But is it possible that he does so much A-plus wrestling over the next seven weeks that the pay-per-view match with MJF can't possibly meet or expe- meet those expectations? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think... I don't know about that, man. I think uh, MJF is a lot of things, and he's a very good wrestler. Um, but, you know, his sticking point isn't necessarily, like, the bell-to-bell stuff. It's everything else. He's really you know? good bell-to-bell. He's but, really uh, this, good bell-to-bell. But this is the issue. But like Daniel Bryan's calling card is bell to bell, right? Like it's not all the other stuff that comes with MJF. Um, eh, eh, I think this really isn't a commentary on MJ. Oh, go ahead, finish. No, no, no. I was saying like it's it's 
It feels like that's been MJF sort of shtick, right? Like he pulls the money walls in front of somebody to get to them, to get to him as as humanly possible, right? And, you know, he kind of picks up the scraps at the end. And you know, at the end of the day, the whole shtick with MJF is like, he's kind of a chicken shit, lowest, you know, takes the bottom of the barrel stuff sort of heel. And you know, he can't necessarily outwork Brian Danielson, but he could outsmart him. He could you know, outmaneuver him mentally because, you know, he has uh, the company in his back pocket and he could book all these incredible matches to kind of like wear him down for the eventual pay-per-view match, you know? So that's kind of been his thing. He did with Wardlow. He did it with Cody. He, that's kind of his thing, right? Um, so that being said, man, it's kind of why I said in the beginning, I wasn't sure if I was looking forward to this Brian Danis and the MJF feud because you just knew it has you weren't going to get a Brian Danielson victory as the world champion right mm. like you just kind of know that wasn't going to happen well, and I, that's but why what, that, you, what, what you are going to get is some fantastic matches leading up to it you know what I mean but it, see this is what I, I mean do you think Brian is there any way that Danielson beats MJF I think so um I think okay. that if it gets to a point where like that momentum keeps carrying and you feel like maybe you can take the belt off of MJF really quickly. If it does, that's the way I think it's going to happen. Just trying to be optimistic here. Like, it's not it happening, Brian. <laughs> it, was, it will have to be like literally quick and then yeah. get back to him. You know, kind of like um, when The Rock had his run and they kind of gave Foley a couple title reigns. Yeah. yeah. In that, that's the way I think it would happen. Well, okay. So that I'm glad that you said that because that makes it all... I mean, that, that sort of validates it and negates my next complaint, but which is basically... If we know who's going to win every match for the next five weeks, six weeks, however many it is now, and if we know who's going to win at the pay-per-view, uh, then then you necessarily are sort of caring about... I mean, what you care about is what happens belt to belt. And that's and so it's cool that they're doing this stuff now, but I, I go back and forth. I want to see Danielson wrestle every day, right? Like, every, not just on every week on Dynamite and, and Rampage, whatever, but like literally every day. I yeah. Could, I could watch a, Danielson, <laughs> a new Danielson match. But... I don't know, man. At some point, it, at some point, though, and over, and it, he's not overexposed or anything. But you do look at like the at the trios series or whatever, and at some point, it does. You do start to wonder. I always say, do it every day. I used to always say, do the you know, put the Lucha Bros and Young Bucks in on every big show. Just oh, like yeah. just give us that. But you do start. It does start to sort of creep into your mind. It's like there's a reason why, you know. Some things are special attractions in pro wrestling. You know, there's a reason that there, there's a reason why some, you know, the monsters did you, did or whatever, the giants them? only wrestle once every two months or three months or whatever. You know, you right. There's a reason why you 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 make the fans thirst for something. And I mean, Danielson doesn't have that many years left, so give him everything. But at the same time, man, he's so like if Danielson only wrestled once a month, we would all sit down and watch that together. You know, like it would, it's it it could be like a real event. Of course. Um, so, so in that thought, do you think um, Escalara del Morte, the mat, match seven, game seven, did that like lose a little bit of luster for you because? No, I mean, seen it no, a bunch of times, and, and I think this is the I think this is this is the answer to my question, which is that I'm wrong. Which is basically like in the moment, <laughs> everything is fine, right? Yes. I, I like I'm. You have there's anxiety about a best of seven series on the front end, right? And then by the time it's like match six, you're not like, I wish this match wasn't happening, <laughs> right? 
you say, oh, well, yeah, like I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm so excited to see this match. The past five have been great. Yes. <laughs> right? yeah. So, and then same thing with seven, whatever. So yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I, I loved that match, man. What a great, but how it was so cool. It was so good. It was, uh, that was, I feel the same way you feel about the Lucha Bros and, and, and the Young Bucks. I could watch them wrestle a million times. It'll always be awesome. They fight like a Dragon Ball Z. Like if Dragon Ball Z was like wrestling matches, like that's how the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros like fight. Like it's just quick chain. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send that soundbite to my kid. And he's like, he's gonna see if he'll get him more into <laughs> AEW wrestling. But go on. There you go. It's just you know, it's one of those. They have so much trust with each other that they could go at such a fast pace. And you could tell they're not calling out any spots. They're just trust there. And there's just a feel that you don't necessarily need that, that you could only build with somebody if you, you wrestled a million times and you, you throw Kenny Omega and, and, and pack into the mix. I mean, Kenny last year, I said, uh, washed Kenny was my favorite storyline. And unfortunately the whole CM Punk thing sort of like took the luster away from it. But like, I loved seeing the rebuild of him after like the neck injuries and the back injuries. He had a million injuries last year after having like seven, what was it, seven titles at one time or mm-hmm. something. I forgot how many belts he had. He looked like Ultimo Dragon or something. And, <laughs> you know, now Kenny is getting back into, you know, best bout machine form, you know, and he's been almost sometimes unfairly scrutinized in my opinion, right? Like I think Kenny Omega is sort of like the poster child of, um, for lack of a better term, the neck beards, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's been, Wait. he's been a poster child. Wait, like, what? Like he's been a poster child for like folks who, you know, uh, like a very specific certain style of wrestling, you know, that, you know, makes money, but like more or less, is is geared towards like quality of match and being able to pop the guys and do stuff that really is wrestling wrestler stuff and you can just say like the wrestling term, diehards you don't have yes. to call them neck beards That's i mean not- there's diehard I, I feel like i'm a diehard i don't have a neck beard you feel yeah, but me you but you love kenny omega i mean i, I, don't- I love kenny omega I, I love kenny omega but you know the neck beard just kind of takes a little a little brian, step brian is sitting here really offended right now are you <laughs> did i offend you brian i didn't mean to call anybody <laughs> anybody listen to this i mean please shape up the, the bottom of your neck you know what i mean like just hit, hit a t-blade under there and you know we'll, we'll be all right but uh nah i, I think kenny is um Kenny and those guys don't get enough credit for being able to really tell incredible stories physically. And I think that's what Kenny's best trait is. I've never been a big fan of his promos, never really been a big fan of like all the outside stuff. But I think physically and the way bodies are supposed to move and how bodies are supposed to hurt and how bodies are supposed to um, you know, feel in professional wrestling matches. I don't think anybody in the world does it better than Kenny Omega does and makes the offense look more uh, legitimate than he does, even though it's still spectacular and still, you know, for lack of a better term, flippy shit sometimes. But, you know, he's built in such a compact way that, you know, he's one of the only people in the world that could work the style of wrestling that he does. So I love I loved that match last night. I, I love the ending 
Um, and I love that the elite are can, can move on now. And we could see what happens next and, you know, kind of t- hear from them and tell some more stories uh, outside of uh, this best of seven ma- uh, match. I-, I called it from the beginning. I know they were going to go down 3-1 and do some LeBron James shit. They went and did it. Um, I thought it was really well done. The match quality was awesome. But now it's time to move on and see where they go from here. And if CM Punk is starting to reappear in AEW packages and He's starting to, you know, let the let the chum be out there that maybe sort of kind of hey man, maybe, maybe that's what it I see. I don't wanna I don't wanna do the Mercedes thing where like I'm I was doing gonna something. say, well, you, you think <laughs> right. you're gonna believe the tease now? Now I'm starting to believe the tease. It's not even I a mean, tease. It's like 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 tiny little breadcrumbs, and you're just like, oh yeah, well there's there's gotta be a hoagie sandwich at the end of this. <laughs> I'll take a crumb. I'm not mad at it. There's I'll do a lot of crumbs crumb. out there in the world. But you know. Here's the okay, listen. Yes. I, the, the the bad thing about a best of seven series is that it's a little bit harder for the losing team, even if they won three matches, to walk away with their heads held high, right? right. Because this is like a, this is like well, you know, yeah, you won some battles, but you literally lost the war. So right. you know, now you have to go answer for your war crimes. But the cool thing with the trios match is that you can you don't have to just enter into another trios feud. You can just all three of these guys can walk away and do different things, or they mm-hmm. can you know go the tag route with the brothers and you know whatever. Um, I do want to go back to the Mercedes thing for one second because here I, I let's I'll be I'll be in defense of AEW or in defense of if they, if if they knew she wasn't coming. I mean, there were three really big things. One, the mystery tag partner, which I mean, mystery tag partners have been a part of professional wrestling for as long as there's been tag teams. You know, I mean, it mm-hmm. missed that part of that's part of the deal. Two, Tony Khan, I think, publicly saying we'll know more in January. Ha ha. <laughs> But I think at the time I read that as him saying, "Well, yeah, no, the match is in January. I have to know more. We have to know more in January." Okay. And then so take it literally. And then, well, which it might have. I think we were supposed to take it literally now, in retrospect, unless he was negotiating and got ahead of himself. And then three, it's the boss thing. And I, I guess, I mean, I guess with Britt Baker saying boss, and lit, and what she literally said was, "I'm the only boss you'll see in AEW." Nah. Ah. So if at that point you know that you're cutting, that you're doing those two promos, you, that you're going to go ahead and announce the tag. It's, it's like everybody thinks it's going to be Sasha Banks. So how do we salvage this? Well, one, we go ahead and announce the tag team, the mystery partner. And two, we let Britt say something. We let Britt come as close to saying, hey, guys, Mercedes is not going to be in AEW as she possibly can, right? And that's what they went out there and they did. It, But everybody watched that and what they came away with was, Mercedes oh, no, is going to be there. she's definitely coming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know it's a no-win situation. And I don't I don't think I don't think you abandon what makes the things that make professional wrestling good because people are going to assume things. But I it's I, there has to be some third path, right? I mean, there has to be a way that you can tamper or temper expectations without I don't know. Especially when you, I mean, and then and when I asked before, did, was it is there an argument that it was worth it to get eyeballs on the show? I don't know the answer to that, but the, what hurts, I mean, what, what kills me is that it was such a good show. It was a great you know? show. It was, it was probably one of the best dynamites of the past six months, in my opinion. I mean, just match to match, everything delivered. It was a hot crowd. It was looked like it was sold out. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if there's anything you could do if you never, if you didn't even have a mystery partner, if you didn't even have a women's match scheduled. Right. After Russell Kingdom, there would still be rumors floating around that Sasha Banks was going to show up. Hey, it's the big LA show. What a great time. (laughs) I mean, people would just be making it up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, It was a fantastic show. The Hangman match was just one of my favorite matches I've seen in a long time. And hey, and the ending, I mean, the, the clean win, the whole finish. I mean, Hangman after the match. Yeah. Whew, Hangman that needed a, that, bro. Because he, he was did. looking, he was looking. He did. He was like a flabby. There's a lot of times, a, of a lot of times we do these previews. You know, we do like uh, pay-per-view previews and we're like, you know, Bray Wyatt really needs the win. He, <laughs> ne- he needs it. And it's never really as true as we make it. We're trying to like get into the heads of the people who are making the decisions or whatever else. You know what somebody needed to win when you feel that sense of relief after the match, yes. right? Then you say yeah. he got the win, and you're like, ooh. Clean, too. Man, he Mox's. needed that. I needed that. We all needed that. It's, yeah. That's, I mean, a clean win over John Moxley is like, you know, It's like beating ticket. The Undertaker in, in the Attitude Era, right? Like, he, never, he almost never loses clean. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that's as big of a win you can get in, in AEW. You know, he yeah. is, I've said for a while that Mox is the, the AEW ace. And uh, you know, if you can get a you can get a win over him in a big comeback match, and um not only that, but just as hard hitting and as tough as that match was, he needed a little bit of edge back to him, man. He was kind of looking a little soft in the ass. I'm not gonna lie. Like the, the baby face promos and you know, pretty much keep getting in, in, in Mox's face, like started to look a little silly after a while because everything everything Mox said was pretty true. He was like, hey, man, getting in the ring with me is bad for your health. And last time you were in with me, like, you couldn't really hang. And as much as it was an accident, as much as, you know, it probably wasn't meant to go that way, still makes my hangman look like pretty much a, a, a pansy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so well, I'm glad he I'm got glad that, that I'm glad that we got soft in the ass in the show before we have to move on from AEW. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small Slurpee drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important 
to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's talk a little bit about Vince McMahon. Yeah, let's do it, man. And everybody knows the story, I think, at this point. Vince McMahon, uh, the, what, was it la- Was it Monday? How? When is this story breaking? When did he know it was over the weekend that he announced he was coming back? Right, it was yes. Friday. He was back in the office Monday. He was he back, was in, back in the office Monday. on Monday, yeah. yeah. And, um, and Stephanie McMahon announces her resignation Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And then the rumors start flying Tuesday night that, the, that a sale to the Saudis is is a done deal, but just not true. A lot of a lot of wrestling journalists quote, and I'm using the, the the term journalists with quotation marks with my fingers and and hella loosely, really play themselves uh, this past Tuesday. Not to say that 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 deal probably won't get done eventually. To um, the Saudis, I mean, I'll, I have no idea. We're not. There's two different ways to look at it. One is that I mean, it's totally conceivable that they have a, a, they're, they're negotiating towards a completion of a deal with. Saudi investment fund, and that's what leaked out. And a deal of this magnitude doesn't happen. Yeah, with a phone call, right? Yes. I mean, it's and it's and even when the when when there is an agreement in place, the agreement's not done for weeks or months. You know, there's for so sure. much there's so much lawyering that has to get done to set to do the stuff that it just sort of eventually becomes a reality without there being some big you know parade. Yeah, but um, I think the best or, way to sort or of- it's just or it was a rumor or it was just a rumor. They they got out of hand because there's some there's a lot of different ways that there's some legitimacy to it and or that feels like there's there it, there's some you know legitimacy to it. I talked about that on the show yesterday, and and whether or not they're in the running, you know, it's we should definitely take it as a signal that WWE is for sale. Oh yeah, um, and and that you know, these conversations are being had. Like I said yesterday, my understanding is Vince is back in the office and he is so he is working on the sale. That's what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, the best way I've had it explained to me is uh, I, have, I have a friend who I do uh, MSG Inside the Lines with. His name is Jeff Eisenband. Great guy, wrestling fan as well. But he's really deep in the golf game, right? So he was kind of all over like the live golf uh, situation, right? And um, let's just say that this, you know, if you just look around the worlds of sports and entertainment and seeing what the, uh, you know, the, the the Saudis have been doing as far as like implementing Western culture and Western entertainment into their, you know, um, their their lifestyle, it's a bottomless pit of money that, you know. You look at Cristiano Ronaldo, you look at all the golfers that left for Live Golf, you looked at all of, you know, all of these sports and entertainment companies, your your favorite celebrities, your influencers, 
movie stars, all these people taking money from, from Saudi Arabia for controversial reasons. The one thing that should give cause for pause uh, if you're if if this rumor ends up being true or this eventually does come to pass is that this would be the first major quote unquote and again I'm using finger quotes sports league that would be you know uh, acquired uh, or sports or entertainment league that would be acquired by them and the difference between that is you know with live golf when they're when they're negotiating with with these golfers you also got to negotiate with you know the players association or say for example they wanted to I'm just spitballing out there say they wanted to acquire the NFL or the NBA or major league baseball any of these places you wouldn't just have to negotiate with that company but you'd have to negotiate with the union and the players association the thing that separates them from WWE is that WWE is strictly a product it's strictly entertainment and there's no union, right? So it's not like they need to go and negotiate with two different parties. And, you know, yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a, a play, uh, a, a partner in play that they'd have to come to negotiations with to make sure that all of the involved uh, participants in the company are taken mm-hmm. care of correctly. Um, there's none of that. So there's definitely cause for pause there. If the Saudi government or, or 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 Saudi Arabia eventually acquires WWE and purchase now, what I'm also hearing, and and I think Meltzer also reported this too, is that Nick Khan was at the College Football Championship. That is, this past I, I can I can confirm that. Yes, yes, he <laughs> he's at the College Football Championship with uh, uh, Disney execs, ESPN execs, and uh, you know, there's this possibilities there. There's also been talk about Amazon as well. Amazon has made no bones about it about uh, wanting to acquire more live sports and live uh, events. They're definitely going to be in the running for the NBA when the NBA deals are are, are up. They're going to want to, they already got uh, Thursday night football, which was uh, a big success for them, even though Thursday night football quality games are sucky, but they got that first foot in the door. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if any of those companies also jump in the race. And it also wouldn't surprise me if any of those companies that put those offers out and Saudi Arabia is like, whatever they offer you, we're going to offer a billion dollars more. You know what I'm saying? Like they have, that's the type of money that they're playing with because that faucet is on right there, man. Like that money is, is bottomless and it, it seems There's also bottomless. somebody on Twitter. I mean, somebody on Reddit posted a Wall Street Journal article. And this is not, this is, that part's not deep conspiracy, but someone right. on Reddit posted a, a Wall Street Journal article that in November the Saudi investment fund, which is a multi-billion dollar operation, but has most of its money tied up in things in, in things and yeah. not liquid. In November, they took out a $17 billion loan in Jeez. cash, cash loan. Jesus. Uh, which if you want to start the conspiracy theorizing, which I, you know, am not averse to, but again, no, not based in reality. If you part, one of the reasons that I thought the Saudi thing made a certain amount of sense because I think it's crazy that WWE be thinking about selling to the Saudis. It's a terrible idea. Oh, yeah. So many for so in so many ways. The reason the 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 weird way that I said this in the show yesterday that I thought that it there, it slightly held water was if you follow if you believe that Vince was actually you know working on the sale before his return if this was all part of some big master plan and there's no reason to believe that it, that he was 
But if you if you think that maybe he walked in the door, okay, when the Saudi deal was, when that rumor came out, it was like, well, if it happened this quickly, it was already in place. And if it was already in place, then, it, then Vince was working on it before he came back. And before he came back, there'd probably be some real limitations to who would have been willing to negotiate with him. But one mm-hmm. of the people that would negotiate, even as the, as the you know majority shareholder who's not in a position of power in the company, might have been the Saudis. So yeah. you can say, oh, Vince is deposed. Vince is, is, is kicked out, basically, in August. Mm-hmm. November, suddenly the Saudis take out a loan. <laughs> and then in December, he's like, hey, guys, I'm coming back. And then January, he walks back in the door. I don't think any of that's true. I do think it's it's worth, you know, WWE is is uh, definitely for sale. And regardless of the reality of that report, it probably suits them for the Comcast and the Foxes of the world, endeavors of the world to think mm-hmm. that, you know, that there's a $10 billion plus offer sitting there from the Saudi investment fund. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, Matt Bellany's wonderful podcast, The Town, uh, which is about Hollywood that we host here on The Ringer, covered some of the potential buyers this week. Um, Obviously, though, I just mentioned the big ones, Comcast, they're already in business with, Fox are already in business with, although Fox, I think, doesn't really have an infrastructure, well, doesn't have a streaming platform, unless you count Tubi or Fox Nation, um, but also doesn't, isn't really in the business of, you know, micro kingdoms that Mm -hmm. they own, but there's no reason why they wouldn't. They certainly have an incredible uh management structure there that is uh deeply invested and in, and in, and in, in insinuated in the wrestling world and fans of the wrestling world they could definitely that could definitely happen um comcast between peacock and and the usa network is already in hock to them for like what i mean when they renegotiate the the rights deal it's going to be well, they're going to be paying them over half a billion dollars a year right i mean am i cra- is that crazy Five hundred million dollars a year for the for between what they are already paying in Peacock and the and the USA rights. Regardless, I mean, they're gonna five hundred million dollars sounds like a bargain. No, I'm sure it's more than that. So they're gonna yeah. be paying they're gonna pay, be paying them so much money on an annual basis anyway that you kind of say why not buy them right? Correct. I mean that makes a certain amount of sense. Um, uh, who else? Endeavor obviously owns um uh the UFC, UFC yeah, and, and you could imagine that kind of synergy, but also just they have the structure in place to take something on i do think so they they they, they mentioned disney and yeah well i know but still well i mean (laughs) i don't know if you want to i don't know if you want dana white and vince mcmahon like right right this second if you're willing to have one of the two yeah yeah i mean it's doubling down it's that's the whole that would be the whole premise you know yeah um could you imagine a world in which there's like the ufc and wwe super show every every you know, April or something. I mean, it that could be, could be insane. I uh, mean, International Fight Week will definitely take on a yeah. brand new uh, 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 a facelift since then. You know what I mean? And then there's a the question of Disney, which they mentioned on the show, which basically like it's not you, it's hard to imagine the WWE zone at Disney World, right? It's not like family <laughs> friendly in the way that a lot of their properties are. And yet. And yet, isn't it sort of more family than some of their properties are? <laughs> I mean, I know that Star Wars is like has all these cartoons and like you know they have stuffed animals and, and it launched with all these toys and everything. Yeah, but like it's weird. Wrestling isn't necessarily family friendly in the sense that there's violence and sometimes there's gratuitous violence and sex and uh, bad language and whatever else. And yet, it is a family show. It is, I mean, kids love it. That's what it's, of course. that's, what, that's yeah. what makes it work. I mean, it's a product at the end of the day, right? It's a product mm-hmm. in the same way Marvel's a product, you know, where it's like, yeah, there's 
violence and sex and Marvel, but like they got Captain America, they got Black Panther, they got the X-Men, they got Spider-Man. Like, of course, kids love that stuff. And that's how I always kind of envision this sale, right? Like you're not necessarily, I mean, yes, you're buying like the TV product and all that stuff, but you're buying the, the rights to Roman Reigns. They're buying yeah, and the rights that's, to Stone Cold so, Steve okay, Austin. So in that, and, that part of the IP conversation, I think you can reach back into recent wrestling history and you'd see all these instances of WWE clawing back IP from the wrestlers or making yes. this turn where we're not. And they, they, when you insist on owning the names and owning the likenesses and owning all of the IP for the people that work for you, you are structuring yourself to be acquired by a company. You're basically doing more. It's more like a Disney move than it is yeah. like a Fox move, right? Yeah. Because it's not, you know, you can have the rights to the NFL. The NFL doesn't own the names of the players, right? right. I mean, the NFL doesn't own the people that work for it. That's what, but but they do. But Disney does own Luke Skywalker. Right. You know, and they, they right. don't own Mark Hamill, but they're going to own Luke Skywalker forever. And guess what? When you see Mark Hamill, you think, hey, that's Luke Skywalker. Exactly. Um, so uh, it, they, are, they are sort of set up to be acquired. Or you can see the sort of wheels turning in that direction. I don't know, man. It's going to be really interesting to see where it goes. It's going to be so um, interesting, man. Uh, of all of the wrestlers who have ever, of all the rich wrestlers or wrestling characters, <laughs> include everybody that's ever owned a company, strategically taken over a company, uh, re wrestled with the gimmick of being a wealthy man. Who would be the best? Who should? What, what <laughs> character should buy WWE? Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Ric Flair did it once. I don't even know what. The, <laughs> what was the gimmick there? Was it he? How did he come into money? Was it he, just presumed that he had some money? Oh well, all I know was that was the first time I learned what a consortium was. Right? <laughs> like, I was like, "What the hell is a consortium?" I had to Google that shit. I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you know he was limousine flying and jet, jet riding, jet That's riding true. limousine, whatever. Anyway, so he, he, spent had a lot of money. he spent all his money on the limousines and the jets. And yeah, and I think what the Trump coming afterwards and buy raw or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, do the Trump. You know, that was oof. that was like a fever dream. That whole thing. Uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's okay. Guess, so, so Shane and Stephanie sold their stock in the company to a consortium prior <laughs> to purchasing WCW and ECW. Yes. And Flair was the owner, was the, was the controlling, I guess, the controller of that consortium. All right. They just didn't know the consortium basically, I think, was a front to say they didn't know they sold it to Flair. Right. But anyway. Um, I doubt Ric Flair is that nice with money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I doubt it. I can, they can say it with some confidence he's not. Um, so Ric Flair, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, any of the McMahon family as on-screen characters. Um, who else? Who else has been really wealthy? JBL. JBL's huh? up oh, there. Oh, JBL. Okay. JBL could definitely be the face of a owner's group, ownership crime, group. Crime Time was, was had a sort of wealth. <laughs> Tiger Ali Singh. Tiger Ali Singh. Oh, I mean, Sto yeah. Stokely Hathaway. You know, he's kind of a hustler himself, <laughs> you know. Uh, MVP? MVP. MVP could be there as well. Is the Hurt uh, Business back, guys? It looks like it's It looks like it's leaning that way. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, it's, it's been a lot of incredible teases. Um, you know, Shelton Dungeman's been on TV for the past three weeks, and MVP's been on TV uh, talking to Bobby Lashley. That was a great sort of uh, tease, and I like that they acknowledged the past, and it wasn't just, you know, hey, we're they didn't just all show up together 
and just like jump somebody or something, you know, it kind of seems like they're starting to tell that story of what's it. What does this mean for big Omos though? I mean, should, shouldn't he be part of the new hurt business or I'm sure he will be. I'm sure I mean, he if, will be, you know, if, if he's not, I mean, if, if, if Bobby can forgive MVP, I know they have a history, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he still has, has an issue with Omos. I mean, that's sort of like, you know, Omos getting fitted for his suits. <laughs> yeah. suits mate. Okay. That's a lot of fabric. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of suit do you think he's gonna? I'm sure we've have we seen him in a suit in Listen, real life. Omos, Omos can get that, that that shit off, man. Like he'd be wearing that shit sometimes. Good, good, good dresser for a guy that big. Did y'all see the picture with him and Kerm from Wally Mania? I did uh, not. No. I did yeah, not we, see that. We, we had to tell Kerm to put it in the group chat. <laughs> I need to see that. Yeah, I took it. It was the greatest thing that night. You think when Omos watches like the Golden Globes and he sees that like the big lapels and the double breasted jackets and the and the and the and the baggy pants are making a comeback, do you think he's like shit, man? I'm gonna be broke. Like it's just <laughs> too much fabric for a guy my size. I can't I can't afford that anymore. I, I just I just picture a tired seamstress just like taking a deep breath after every <laughs> song. It's like oh. We're gonna need more yarn or whatever the hell they use yarn <laughs> to make his suit. Oh, oh man. man, what Golly. a week this has been! It's been nuts. Brian, Brian, in all honesty, I know I always say this, but what are we forgetting? What do we actually have to talk about that we haven't <laughs> talked about? I think we we hit everything because, uh, you know, as I was updating the sheet, the first few things is uh, WWE sales. I mean, Mandy Rose made a comment. I mean, made her. Uh, yeah, she was on she what took, was it, Tamron Hall. Tamron Hall. Yeah, yeah. The Tamron yeah. Hall show. Well, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't in like a, a doctor's office waiting room this week, so I missed that episode. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, that's that's just, I support her very much. I don't need to be watching those shows to get my to yes. get the, the she updates. Gets, she gets plenty of support, Dave. That that I'm sure of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's doing um, fine. Uh, congrats to Ricochet and uh, Samantha Irvin. Yes. They got engaged. <laughs> And yes. congrats to comedian Carrot Top for being the star of that photo. I go back and look at it. He is <laughs> Wait, on the really? wall. He is there is a giant Carrot Top poster between them on the wow. wall. It's like a hundred yards away, but he's like haunting their proposal. What an icon! It is the weird. It is so. It is wow. I would have photoshopped that out if that was my proposal. <laughs> just I'm just saying. But congratulations <laughs> to them. They're a beautiful couple. It was um, like the the craziest thing that happened about it was the proposal, like the. Photo came out, then I kid you not, within minutes, the Stephanie McMahon news dropped. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on Instagram, I see it, and then boom, Stephanie McMahon news. Like, Is that why wow. Stephanie deleted her first tweet? Do you think she wanted to give them a little <laughs> bit more runtime? Maybe. But it was give, too a little, I give a little oxygen to the, to the new couple or the... Um, Uncle, ha- well, oh, this is, we should, I guess, just say out loud. I think we we can say with 100% certainty now that Uncle Howdy is Bo Dallas. Um, there are all these rumors that he was backstage at Raw and then Uncle Howdy was surprisingly on Raw. And then everyone's saying, okay, we can just say this thing that we all know out loud now. Yes. Um, here's my question, though. And we can, we can close on this. Do you think... Given given that Bo Dallas is Uncle Howdy, are we is 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 Uncle Howdy going to be revealed to be Bo Dallas, or is Bo Dallas just playing Uncle Howdy and will always be and the mask will always stay on? 
I think I think it's just him now. I think I, I don't think I don't think he wants to. I, I don't think he's gonna take off his mask one day and say, "I hope everybody believes in themselves." At the very end of it, because like, we asked this. We, I don't yeah. know if we talked about it in the show. We talked. I asked it in the group chat, but I was like, "If if it's Bo Dallas, does anybody care? Like, even if you know who Bo Dallas is, but in kayfabe, there's not there's no connection between the two. Minus one tag team feud way back when, and even if you know the truth that they're brothers. What does it matter? I don't think it matters. I think I, I think he's better. Whatever this guy is, Uncle Howdy, is way more interesting than whatever yes, okay, Bo there. Dallas would have been. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like after that. So we'll see how this goes, man. Uh, it's going to be uh, real interesting to see how this sort of plays out, especially with Alexa Bliss. All right, get your get your uh, plugs in. We got to get out of here. You know what it is. Catch me on Count It uh, with Points Bet USA every Monday through Friday on YouTube. Say less with Kazo, King, and Rosie every Monday. Catch me on MSG Network. Catch me everywhere, man. You know what it is. And right here on the Mass Man Show. You can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. You can find me on the Book of Wrestling. Uh, check out all of the other shows on the Stellar Ringer Wrestling Show feed. We got a new one debuting next Wednesday. Stay tuned. This same bad time, same bad channel, all that kind of stuff. Thank yes, you guys so. for listening. Uh, thanks to our producer, Brian Waters. Thanks to Kerm, who's going to pick it up in production. Um, apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Monday, humanoids. Peace out. <laughs>